The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? Jonathan Vilma is in the building, folks. The U is back, folks. Good to see you, man. Uh, it's great. It's great. How are you doing, sir? Good. You got this smile on your face. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's a nice <laughs> no, peaceful actually, hour, you know, and you just. Actually, I just, I'm a naturally happy person. You should be happy right I now. I am happy. A lot of good things going on in Kane's world, Saints world. You know, it's it's all good right now. That's right. Your squads are both both killing it right now. And the Jets are even better than people expected, too. So yeah, you, they've, they've exceeded expectations. You definitely rep the, the New Orleans part of your career a little bit more than the Jets part. Well, I won the Super Bowl with the Saints. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the way it ended with the Jets uh, between myself and Mangini could have been better. Uh, but the organization was great. The fans were great. Uh, I didn't win a Super Bowl there, though. I won a Super Bowl in New Orleans. and I'm not telling you you're wrong. Yeah, That's that, for sure. The Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. Are you and Mangini cool now or no? I mean, I'd say hi to him. It's business. Yeah. It wasn't personal. It's, it's not like he talked about my mom. So, But I remember watching Mangini from afar, and I didn't know him at all, and I couldn't yeah. stand him when he was your coach. Look, the and- honest to God <laughs> truth, honest to God truth, he was probably – if if not the smartest, one of the smartest <clears throat> coaches I've been around with X's and O's. He was just horrible with relating to players. And that you have to it's a it's a relationship. You have to have both and the players have to respect that you know what you're doing with football and that you're also going to treat us fairly. And he missed that part, that component, and that's how he lost the team. And then I think he went to Cleveland thinking, okay, I can I can figure this thing out again. And it's Cleveland. What I wanted to definitely follow up with is that as much as I didn't like him from afar when I didn't know him, yeah, I loved him when he was here. He's one of my favorite guys I'll ever have worked with. Here? Loved him. And yeah. he, even he would admit as he got a little bit older, he's like, I think because I was young and I was trying to get respect from people that, you know, it could have been could have been handled different. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's it's going to be hard. I don't care how smart you are. I mean, that's why the McVay thing's so crazy at 31 years old to be the head coach of an NFL team. Like everybody's waiting for you to kind of say yeah. something, expose yourself as being too young. But no, but here's the thing: we football players now, it's all about reading the opponent, right? And you read the body language of a player, you read their mannerisms, you watch film on them. So all we know is to read someone's body language, and we can tell if someone's being fake. We can tell if someone's being real or not. So for the young coaches, new coaches, whoever, when they come in, we just want to know that you're being real with us and being genuine and being honest. And if you can do that, we can respect everything else. If you have your fundamentals, these are, you know, my five, I don't budge on, and then we go from there. Players are cool with that. Just be genuine. And, you know, we could tell when someone is not being genuine. Yeah, it's just he was 35 when he takes over. Did you yep. not call him man genius that first year when you won 10 games? I, n- <laughs> I never called him man genius. <laughs> he never did that. Okay. I'm going to do rapid-fire NFL and maybe a little college in there because I want to ask Vilma a bunch of different questions. Toughest guy you went against, quarterback that you could or couldn't figure out, uh, best teammate, a ton of stuff. We're going to do that a little bit later. We're not going to do it now. We're going to do it coming up next. We also have the sit-down this hour. This week it's Dante Jones on coming back from that 3-1 Deficit against the Warriors when he was with the Cavs, why he was signed and waived four times in one year, and what's up with the Steph Curry corpse at the Halloween party. He sets us all straight on that one, a story I'd never heard before. So that's coming up. Show her how thankful you are this holiday season, though, when you're talking flowers with beautiful bouquets from 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now you can get 24 multicolored roses for just $24 to order. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash ESPN. Let's talk to you. back, folks. When we last did the show together, it was mm-hmm. – 
previous, um, previous, it was leading up to the Virginia yeah. Tech game. Okay, and I sense from you, I won't call it crazy optimism. Just say, hey, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see what you weren't, you weren't Correct. arrogant about who the Canes are. Correct. Are you now arrogant after the two wins against Virginia Tech and Notre Dame? How do you now see this team today, in comparison to two weeks ago? The only difference I see com- now compared to two weeks ago is the improved offensive line play, uh, frankly, the improved play calling uh, from Mark Rick. Uh, the defense has still been as expected. They penetrate. They get TFLs. They get sacks. They create turnovers. <clears throat> the offense was always kind of the, the question mark. Can they run the ball? You know, is the play calling predictable? Um, then you see design runs from Malik Rozier that kind of set, set defenses uh, back a little bit. Then you see the Wildcat come out. Um, and then you see that opens up now the passing game. Malik Rozier, he can still put on the money. He's more accurate down the field. So <clears throat> I think it's the offense that has surprised, or I shouldn't say surprised me, but they are uh, the catalyst right now for the dominant play against Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Now, are you surprised to see him behind Clemson? Uh, yes. Uh, surprised to see him behind Clemson. Uh, more surprised at the reason why they're behind Clemson uh, for all, all intents and purposes, all I can make of it is that the Syracuse loss is not a factor uh, to Clemson. And all the all other teams are being penalized for their losses except Clemson. Uh, I am not can't make heads or tails of that. You don't like that. It doesn't make sense. I, I would like it if it was consistent. So if you put one loss Clemson and one loss whoever else. And, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, whoever you want to put, wherever you want to rank them. And you don't say, well, Oklahoma's loss to Iowa State is reason they're number four. But you mention all the wins of Clemson, and you don't mention the loss to Syracuse. It's very clear the Kelly Ryan injury at Syracuse is a big factor. Um, How? Well, I'm not I'm not saying it, it's I, I me. Do you agree that it is? Uh, man, that defense couldn't get off the field against Syracuse, so they needed the ball back. Thank you. And their depth at quarterback is actually really good. And... I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm okay with it to a point. You right. know, if you want to start getting like the closer you have the teams, the more like the the further down the line you have to start going with your own kind of mental tiebreakers, not the official tiebreakers, mm-hmm. but the tiebreakers you find a way to kind of separate these teams. If you want to tell me Clemson's better than Miami, I'd be like, okay, but eventually a loss has to cost something. And if you're telling me that that one to cost nothing, then I think you and I are in agreement in there, especially when again, Eric Dungey's pretty good quarterback for Syracuse, but they right. couldn't like get the ball back and they couldn't. And then if you want to start doing the one loss matters more for Oklahoma, Iowa State's a better team. It's at home. That's a different ball game altogether. But I like Oklahoma's top wins better than I like Clemson's top wins. So I feel like it's a little inconsistent there. I was surprised. I thought Oklahoma was going to be one. Or excuse me, I thought it was going to be Bama, Oklahoma two, then Miami, and then Clemson behind them. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised to have them, you know, see how that played out. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I wasn't surprised because they've been, they've been consistently inconsistent for, the, for this season. So I wasn't surprised to see that. Um, I hadn't agreed when the first rankings came out of why they placed Clemson where they did. And to be honest, it's it's not a knock on Clemson because Clemson is a good team. Do you think they're better than Miami right now? Uh, I think it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. But when I I look at a Clemson team, to be quite honest, that is weathered, tired. They they play, and they still play hard, and they play well. They're very athletic, uh, but they just look like they're they're not – as fast as they were against an Auburn, for example. I don't think Bryant's been as good. So, and that's the thing. I don't want to bash Clemson because Clemson is a very good team, and I'd put them in my top five. 
But to put him at number two, I don't think is accurate. And to <clears throat> to hear the reasons why they're number two, and you hear everything of the positive, and, and then you hear the excuse of, yeah, they lost to Syracuse, but Kelly Brown was hurt. To me, it, it seems like they didn't really watch that game Friday night when Syracuse uh, Clemson went up to Syracuse. I think that they saw the score and then looked at the box score and then read all the clippings afterwards. It's kind of like the tea leaves of, of figuring out what happened. And then they say, oh, Kelly Bryant was hurt. And I'm like, well, that's not how the game played out. That Yeah, he got hurt in the game, but that defense got rolled on. That defense busted coverages. They missed assignments. They gave up big plays. Hence, they lost the game. Syracuse, 440 total yards. Time of possession, 35 minutes. Yeah. 25. So, yeah, it wasn't just Bryant. And, again, right. some of these quarterbacks that are behind Bryant, people thought we were even going to start. So it feels, even though I'm not saying it's wrong to factor in an injury, it feels like it's maybe heavily weighted a little bit more than it should be. Considering that other teams, other top teams have injuries as well. And yeah, but when it's a quarterback, you know how that's going to go. Right. So it, really my issue is not with Clemson. My issue is with consistency on the committee and what is value because if if we're going to play – because we're supposed to be able to explain to the fans and to anybody that's listening why the committee did what they did. And we can't do that. And we do this all day, every day, and watch the games. And, and Yeah, but we're not supposed to be able to. They don't want – they're never going to say this is exactly how we see everything because they want to have the flexibility of, of doing – I understand okay. why they do it that way. Well, then if you're going to do it that then why are you putting out the rankings right now? Because here's the deal. Everybody that says, why are you doing the rankings now? If yeah. they did no rankings and then just dropped them on us at the end of the season, everybody else would complain. We need to see this play out. We need to see your why? formula. Oh, because we can't make sense of it life. anyway. No, that's like, if but, they didn't release them, Vilma, mm -hmm. it would be the worst because of the no. other side. Would be like, we need more transparency. How can you just drop these on us at but the end? But they don't give us any already. So think about it. We go for seven, eight weeks scratching our head. Figuring out, uh, okay, you did this it's because also a TV it, show. we don't know why you're doing this. So how about you just save us this trouble and just put it out I got 15 hours end. a week, man. You just roll in here on Friday and kick it with me for a couple hours. I got, I <laughs> oh, need, you, you need this guy. Yeah, content. I need these guys. Oh, my All right. Man. All right. The sit down with Dante Jones. It's a fun one, a little different, and also random rapid-fire NFL questions. Toughest opponent, toughest teammate, best teammate, most over- and underrated players that he's ever played with. Properly rated. Do it with Vilma right here at the Rosillo Show at CSPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. 
But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Let's sit down a little later this hour, Dante Jones, and we're going to talk some hoops with Woj. Uh, some one-and-done stuff could be changing that kind of language. So we got Vilma all day today. There was a little show. Tune in for college football action tomorrow as Kansas State battles Oklahoma State, presented by the 2018 Ford F-150. Coverage begins at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPNRadio.com, and the ESPN app. Okay, little music, little rapid fire. I haven't done this with you yet. I think you're going to be great at it. I love having you guys in that I don't see all the time. So... I guess you could go NFL answers. That's kind of originally how I thought of this. But if there's a college guy you want to throw in as an answer, too, I'm not going to rule that one out. All right. All right, give me most underrated player played with, against, whatever. Most underrated player, college or NFL, played with or against. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Corey Dillon. He was the most underrated running back I went against. Was with the Pats, but was with Cincinnati in his prime. Cincinnati in his prime. He still had a couple years left when he went to the Pats. And he was a grown damn man when I went against him. He was underrated. I was like, where is the scouting report on this guy? What was so <laughs> impressive about it? First, his size. Yeah, so, he's a big dude. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that big. <laughs> and uh, I remember the first time I was going to go against him, Ed Reed called me. And he was like, hey, man, uh, you know what's going on? You know, we're just we're just chatting. He's like, look, I'm just telling you right now. You got that guy, Corey Dillon? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's a man. I was like, what? He was like. That's a man, I'm telling you, get ready. I was like, all right, you know, I'll get ready for it. And then I was saw Was that him. weird for Ed to call you about that? About it well, that- No, it, we, we were talking about other things, but he made it a point just to remind me that <laughs> that, guy's, that guy's a grown man. And so uh, went against him. First, it was his size. Then he, he was actually pretty fast for his size, good vision. I mean, he was, he was underrated, man. He was grown. He was grown. He's listed at six one two twenty five. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Well, at least not when I not, not when you had him. All right. No. See, I as much as I can do this job every day, and sometimes I don't want to say ever take it for granted, but like when you yeah. do everything, I'm giddy right now. I love this stuff more than anything when let's I get it. to just throw. All right, so let's keep going. How about most overrated? Most overrated. overrated. College pros. Eric Crouch, most overrated. We played him in the championship game. Here, here, you know what the the issue was? They talked about his speed for like a month. You remember back then? You got thirty some odd days before you played in the game, and they were saying he's a four four guy, fastest guy on Nebraska's team. Da 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 da. Back and forth, Heisman Trophy winner. And the first series, you know, he's running the option, the triple option. We can't stop it. And he he does a little quarterback keeper, fakes a dive. He's keeping the ball, and I'm running, and I'm like. This guy's slow. I was like, oh, no, like this is not going to work. And then I remember going to the sideline after the first series. Randy Shannon was was uh, my defensive coordinator at the time, and he stayed in the, in the box. So he calls me, and he's like, hey, so what do you think? I was like, coach, we're going to win. He's like, what? I was like, you can call whatever you want, coach. They're just too slow. Yeah, you told me that part of the story. You go, yeah, they're they're just too slow. He's so. the reason why, because he was supposed to be the fastest guy on the team. We're supposed to worry about his speed, blah, blah, blah. Nah, no chance. All right, so that's what, 2000? 2000, 2000 game? One, no, 2002 game, but 2001 season. Yeah, right, okay. Because yeah. 
Last time we brought this up, somebody got really mad and said, "Why? Because we're blowing them out at halftime?" Oh, they were like, "No, no, no! This was brought up when we brought up the fact that you said Nebraska was just too slow and it didn't matter, and you beat them thirty-seven. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was it was thirty-four to nothing at halftime. Yeah, so that well, he ran for one fourteen on you guys. It was thirty-four nothing at halftime. So you were not locked in. <laughs> I'll repeat that. It was thirty-four nothing in a championship game. I'm just telling at you that Nebraska has been a sensitive topic it. on the show this week. I don't uh, think we were worried about. He him. was five for fifteen though passing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Willie Cologne gave us an answer on this one, and it's one of my favorite Willie Cologne moments ever. I said, "Give me the guy that you played against that if you saw him today, there would be problems." He went with T. Sizzle, not Taylor Swift. Terrell Suggs. Yeah. And he said, you know, look, Suggs hit me in the knee, kind of ended my career. And Willie, I'll give him a lot of credit for this. He he didn't do the tough guy thing where he goes, if I saw him now, I would knock him out. He's like, dude, Suggs is a really tough dude, and I'm not telling you how to get him. He goes, but it, there'd be problems. Like, we wouldn't be hugging it out. Interesting. Do you have a guy like that? I don't. I don't. I, I was – I never – I never cheap shot at anybody – <clears throat> Bounty Gate. <clears throat> Never cheap. We do have anybody. some cross examinations on Bounty Gate that, that people do want us to get to a little bit. Um, and no one ever cheap shot me that way. Never got hurt off a cheap shot by a lineman or anything. You get you get the guys that go after the whistle a little bit, but nothing where it carried over off the field. So you don't have one of those guys in your nah, life. No. Nah. Let's do more of these uh, at the end of this hour, okay? Because I have a whole list, and the, the answers I like them being more in depth. So even though it's supposed to be rapid fire, I don't care. Get in touch with us with Jonathan Vilma at Russillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. Your Twitter handle is? John Vilma 51 Perfect. Okay, coming up next, the sit-down. This week, it's Dante Jones, a member of that Cavs team that came back from the 3-1 deficit against the Warriors. What was that like? And also, that Halloween party where there was apparently a Steph Curry corpse, a version of that story that I've never heard before. You're going to hear it next, right here on the Russillo Show on ESPN Radio. I want to hear it. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. David Bowie apparently is going to call into the show, do some NFL picks with Jonathan Vilma here today. Uh, but the Russell Show, once a week, we do this. And this week's sit-down is former NBA player or maybe still active NBA player, Dante Jones. It was the source of the go-to joke and meme for an entire year starting in 2016. We're down 3-1. The chills that goes through your body at that point in time, like, 
the, the greatness and what you see is about to happen. Like, we just knew something special was going to go down. And it sparked the only Halloween party controversy in NBA history. How much did you guys dislike the Warriors? Cater and company put that together. <laughs> if you think that LeBron James throws a party and goes and everything from the cookies and the decorations, then you're kind of insane. It just happened to be funny at that point in time. It's Rosillo's sit-down with former Cleveland Cavalier Dante Jones on the 3-1 comeback against the Warriors. Okay, down 3-1. We all know the jokes. What was it like being around the team then? It was like business as usual. I think guys were confident in the fact that we hadn't played our game plan yet and, and guys did, knew that we had an adjustment that we thought was going to be um, the telltale sign of, of, of whether we win the series or not. Guys were jovial, joking around, kind of doing the normal stuff, shopping, um, still hanging out with each other. Guys, usually when you get down you have some adversity, guys kind of tend to gravitate away from each other and, and trying to close off and be a little nervous, but you can see we had pictures and stuff, guys walking down the street in, in San Fran and and just like just being their normal selves. And and we knew that our game plan was going to be the decisive factor of it. So, like, there was there was a point in time when we, we ended up – we're down 3-1. We win game five. Before, That's where he suspended. Draymond suspended right. for game five. So, right before game five, um, we're all at dinner, like a 11 o'clock uh, – 10, 10.30 dinner. Yep. And Bron jumps up from the table, and, and, and he's like, man, I just – I got to get something out. So, he goes – as people open up the four seasons um, – weight room, which is not, not open. It closes at like 10. So he's going to find somebody to open up the weight room. Right. He, security went and found somebody to open up the weight room, and he goes and does a full VersaClimber workout to simulate his first half that he's going to do. And he comes back to the table, like, sweating. He has his meal brought into him and, like, super locked in focus. That was the day that Muhammad Ali died. And, like, we're, we're all in awe of what he's doing right now, like mm-hmm. how locked in he is. So, like, his whole attitude and whole focus permeated throughout the team. He walked in the locker room and wasn't talking right before um, game five, like just wasn't saying anything. And that's not in his personality. He was just in his locker, stern, stale face, like just focused and didn't say a word. And then we go to our huddle before we go on the floor. And he was like, man, just get me to the fourth quarter. All I need you guys to do is just get me to the fourth quarter and I'll take over. And then like the chills that goes through your bodies at that point in time, like, the, the greatness and, 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 and what you see is about to happen. Like, we just knew it. We just knew something special was going to go down. So you go through the game, and, and you see the Kyrie and LeBron special performance, and it's just like, yeah, you get to gain confidence from, from the game five, and then we go home, and he's the same exact way. He's not himself. He's not talking. He's not laughing. He's not joking. He's just, like, laser-focused. So he's not he's not having fun with anybody, and he's, he's usually a pretty – Yeah, he's he's – like he's a just uh, playful like jokes like he's just about business the whole time and I guess that that is what made it permeate through our team that like we're going to do this gave him that confidence that it's going to happen and we go through game six and um, we go up we go up big and then we have a little lull before um, halftime but he's still in there focused and we end up winning game six and then we go into game seven and like this is still a constant thing and but now at this point in time. He was talking on the road trip, on the road trip to San Fran, but then we get in the locker room before Game Seven, and it's the same thing. So we're used to seeing this one. Like, is Kyrie talking to you guys, or is Kyrie kind of doing the same thing LeBron's doing? Ky- Kyrie is is in the same suit. Like Kyrie is still Kyrie. Kyrie is not. He's not that talkative. So like he's 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 focused majority of the time, and and he's a, he's normal business Kyrie. Like he's ready to play, but he's focused. Um, and then. Game seven, 
same type of speech. Like, I got this. Don't worry about it. Just get me to the fourth quarter, and I'll make it happen. We're going to win this game. And this is his speech. His his rah-rah speeches are usually screaming and yelling, but this one is like his, the temperament of this one is So LeBron usually normal. yells at you like a football yeah, thing. Like, but so like, this, yeah, just in, in, energy, giving, giving energy, talking. Was there one specific thing he said before in Game 7 that still is something you think about, one line from that whole thing? Um, just this moment is going to last – that's just our lifetime, and, and this is an opportunity that we're going to make something special happen. He always spoke in it that it's going to happen, not that we can make this happen. It's going to happen. This is going to last our lifetime. This is our legacy is going to be built on. And just get, just, I, I just need you guys to help me get to the fourth quarter, and I will take over from there. I know we're at the end of our energy cycle. I know it's been a long season, but this game is going to stand out for the rest of our lives. You go into that, and then you just see that special performance happen from him and Kyrie. And 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 it all was it all worked out. Dante Jones on the sit down the Rosillo show at ESPN Radio. Uh, how much did you guys dislike the Warriors? It seemed to be a little extra. Like he, the corpse at the Halloween party, I felt like was was, was significant. Um, were you at the Halloween party? Yeah, I was at the Halloween party, and usually his usually his trolls are funny, but I don't. But that was not from him. That was from the catering company. Oh. And he, and he, that's why he never he, ne- he really doesn't speak of it because. The catering company put that together. If you think that <laughs> LeBron James throws a party and goes then everything from the cookies and the decorations, then you're kind of insane that he has a season to prepare for and he's doing uh, party planning as well. I just thought like, he was a huge. No, but that was that was that was organizer. a <laughs> right, a, a great event planner. Um, but that was the the company that they hired. It just happened to be funny at that point in time. But like they, they I did and a look, good job. I'm just pointing out that I felt like you guys. Like extra didn't like him beyond just being competitive, where there's kind of the the fun. Hey, we're all NBA players, but I, I don't know. I, I I always kind of the way it was described to me. So this wasn't a total guess. Was that if every one of us with a microphone was going to talk about Steph Curry being the best of the world, that LeBron part of the motivation on top of everything else was reminding guys like me, like you think that dude's the best player in the world, like right? That's still his, this guy. Over obviously, here. his internal motivation is the world domination, and that's what he talks about. Like um. He's focused on being the best in the world, and and if somebody if the the media was going to give that title to somebody else, he was going to take it back. Like, and he did, and and he did. But those guys, do they dislike him? Not as people, but in competition, they took something from them. That that's that's what they felt like. Like that was ours, and they took it. We didn't have Kevin. We didn't have Kyrie. Yep. We didn't feel like we were at full strength. We had Delhi, who was going back and forth to the hospital from exhaustion and dehydration. So they they felt like we did not. We weren't able to play them at full strength. That's in 2015. Right. And then. So that's where the dislike came from. Like, we got to get them back. And I think that was that a dynamic from Golden State last year. Like, it was more of get back. I, I I gave the analogy of, like, somebody punches you in your face and walks away. That person got what they had to get out. And 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 they're, they're not they're having any animosity towards you. But when you see that person next time. Like you, you just waiting for that moment to get them back, and yeah. that's what, and that's how they were. Like they, they were waiting for that moment to get back. They all year was planned to get back because they felt like we took something from them, and they had that animosity and that focus and that and, and, and that ability to channel that 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 loss into their championship aspirations. So before we finish here, just to be sure, I don't know if you're going to be picked up again here by Cleveland. How does that work <laughs> out? Where you're you're picked up at the end of the 2016 season. You're waived in July, you're picked up in September, you're waived in October, and then you're picked up again with a game to go at the end of the 2017 season. So what happened? 17 season wasn't supposed to end like that, but it's just like the transaction of basketballs, the transactions of basketball. You were supposed to be on the team the whole year? Yes, and there were some things that stopped it. Um, there were some injuries that stopped it because you had to replace certain people, and, 
And the Mo Williams situation with him retiring in training camp made it made it made a, a spot not available for me to be on there. So I was supposed to be there on there all year, but the transactions kind of messed it up and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And then that's when it went to the last game of the year because that's when under the cap you kind of could make it more favorable to to add me. So it, yeah, it was it's, it's, it was weird. It was it's weird definitely, but and it was frustrating because if you if you know you're supposed to make a team in October and they push it back two weeks or they push it back a month and it lasts five months, like the emotional strain, the and you're staying mental in shape, strain, and you're, you're working, staying in shape. I'm, you're working out every day. So like you're the next maybe, day is going to be wow. you picked up. So it's tough. it's tough. It's tough on me. It's tough on my family. Yeah. Like my family's asking me questions and they know what I'm going through, but they we all don't know a day. And so you have to, me being the person who like over prepares, like I'm preparing, I'm working out every day, no off days because tomorrow could be the day. And when you're in constant communication with the organization, like tomorrow could be the day or next week could be the day. You don't want to take any days off. You always want to be prepared. So it was frustrating, but it all worked out. You done that now? <laughs> you listen, I'm never going to say I'm done, even though when I'm 45, I'm probably still be working out every day. And if they call me out, like I'll definitely go back. I love this game too much, but am I working towards other things? Just in life. Yes. <laughs> I can see that, man. Thank you, Dante. I appreciate Thank you it. for having me. That was a lot of fun. Dante Jones, full sit down. You can get that on the best of or solo show podcast on ESPN radio, which is presented by progressive insurance. Customers who switch to progressive save an average of $500. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. we got Vilma back. David Bowie checking in our pick six. Woj on hoops, including a new change, perhaps the one and done rule. Still a lot of work to do here at Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance. Which, now I'm just blue sky in here, we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay, well, not with that attitude. Wow. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Vilma likes it. Vilma's excited about it. We got Woj. I don't think it's just Woj that he's excited about. We just found out something about Saruti's playing career because we were just listening to the new Golik Wingo promo. <laughs> <laughs> and they started talking about high school football, and then quickly we started talking about it a little bit. And we have a factoid on Saruti that is incredible. So we're going to show that a little bit later. Can I? I can't spill it. No, oh. no, right, no. Right. This is like the Penn State tell. We got to wait a little, <sighs> wait a little bit on this. Fine. So Ugh. I wanted to do some of the rapid fire stuff again. I also have a follow up I have to do on Bounty Gate with you at some point. So there's still yes. all the stuff we got to talk about. Okay, love it. Um, I think. Yeah. By the way, did you guys try for Chip Kelly last Friday and it didn't work out? Try for him. What do you mean? Get him on the show? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. So now I wasn't he, here. Remember? Yeah, yeah, you weren't here. Um, yeah, we tried for him. Um, he completely big timed us. He blew you off completely big timed us. And here was the best part: he texted me at like four thirty, right when the show's done. He's like, "Oh, I just saw this. Couldn't make it. My bad." That's a P one right there. He knew. He goes like, "Oh, Rasulo shows over at four. Don't uh, worry. Yeah, we, yep. we were messing with him all of Saturday, all of Saturday. I love it. We'll but try I to. I think get him. I worked out my uh, buyout contract with him, so I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you saying? When he when he goes to Florida, right? Oh, this is not. This isn't news. Every everyone doesn't know this. Nope. Oh, well. <laughs> in my head, I have follow ups. <laughs> yeah, Chip Kelly's going to go to Florida. Okay. Uh, he already worked out my buyout to be a linebacker coach. So I'm just going to go in, kind of like fart around a little bit, and then... You're going to be okay wearing get gator, out. gator stuff? 
No, no, no. It's it's only it's going to be like a twenty four hour job. I'm just going to sign the contract, then get fired and get bought out. Okay, let me know how that goes. Thanks. We'll bring you back <laughs> on Fridays. Know. David Bowie is checking in. It's been a while since he's made some picks. David Bowie on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Mm-hmm. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. David, it's been a long time, and I, I apologize for this kind of, you know, taking months to have you back on to pick NFL games. What the heck's going on, John? What the heck? What, what's going on, Ryan? That's a, are you with Jonathan? Uh, yes. Hello. Hello, fellas. How are you? How are you? Should, hey, yes. I, I feel like I have this, to have an accent as well. No, you just you do Vilma. <laughs> no, don't force it. Don't force it. Be natural. All right. That's my advice to everyone. All right. So, David, Brian, your pick this week. Well, I, okay. I just want to tell you these are trying times. So, I'm back to help. There's so much temptation and accusation and consultation. So, let's get it going. Okay. All right. I, I really want to have an accent so, right now. Why can't I have right. an accent? Go for it. <laughs> I think you guys will agree with me. The game of the weekend is the Rams and the Vikings. It's a game of horns. I mean, who's hornier here? Is it who's got the bigger one? There is it the Rams. And I tell you, <laughs> if you, un, if you the bigger horns. If you unsell the horns, the Rams are there. So I'm going to take LA. You can take the points. Ooh. Okay. All right. Thank you, David. Right. We appreciate it. Great. <laughs> Do you know the Patriots and the Raiders are playing in Mexico City? Yeah, we did. I'm sorry, you had another pick? I, I apologize. I have one more pick. Have yes. you ever been to Mexico, Ryan? No, I haven't, actually. There's incredible music. There's uh, the, Luis Miguel, I met him in 1986. <laughs> so they're playing at Estadio Azteca. Have you, it's 100,000 seats in that. Do uh, you think they're going to sell it out? I don't think they will. I think they will. You know who sold it out? You know who sold it out in 1979, three straight nights? No. Kiss. <laughs> Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. It was incredible. Anyway, I just, I love Tom Brady. And I think you've got to take the Patriots. Take all those points you can get. Take all the and points you can get. And take the Chargers. Uh, all right. Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Wait, say that one more time. I said the Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. Say baby. that one more time. One more time. I said the Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. Mm. Thank you, David. Okay. That yeah. Mexico City line. All right, gentlemen. That, that is the way to end it. The Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. And that might be funnier for, for me than it is anybody else, and I don't care. So you're just going to ignore his last comment, the Chargers are going to the Super Bowl? Well, you know it wasn't really David Bowie. Get out. Really? You thought for a second we had him? Well, not after the commercial. Before the commercial you thought? Before, I was really wondering. I was like, how did Ryan pull this off? It'd be really impressive. That, well, that's what I said. I was like, how did Ryan pull this off? Tough guess to get right now. Yeah. But considering, no. Now, now, now it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, now, now, now it makes, makes sense. sense. All right. Get in touch with us at Rosilla Show, com Twitter feed. I think Max Bredos posts, uh, he, he posts those up on Instagram. So I think he does that. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I just want to make sure. Okay, Sarudi, I don't know if I do this right now. I don't have enough time. It's only it's fifty three. I, I only have a minute twenty. It doesn't do it justice. I can't do the sorority, uh, the Sarudi high school football story. I know sorority story. I don't think he has it's a pretty one good one. Pretty good one. It is. It is really good. Uh, did you watch any NBA last night? Are you locked into what was it? Memphis? Uh, no, it was actually my daughter's birthday. Happy so birthday. I was, What's her name? Samara. I was locked locked into Benihana. Had uh, hibachi. That's what she wanted. So we went to dinner, and I was locked in to that. What a dad. What a great dad. All right, I, so I happy birthday to her.
Thanks. Yeah, she's eight, going on 18. Eight? She's already bossing me around. What's her favorite thing in the world right now? To boss me around. <laughs> you think Does she joking? think you're uncool, or she thinks she you, uh, she hasn't she, gotten to the age yet where she thinks you're uncool? She thinks I'm cool. She thinks I am her biggest toy, and hence why she bosses me around. And if I don't give her what she wants, she starts to hit me. Now it doesn't hurt, but she realizes that because it doesn't hurt, she can hit me, and then she knows I'm not going to hit her back. Did you feel the need to tell me that it doesn't hurt? Just in case. Just in case. You gave me the look. So I just I, I, I had to make sure no you look, gave Adrian. me the look. No, there's no look. Okay, let's talk some hoops. He's the best, Adrian Orzanarowski, in studio with Vilma and I. And also, after that, more rapid fire, our pick six for the weekend, mm-hmm. and Sarudi in high school football. Slightly different career than Vilma's. Maybe, though, more similar than you think. That's next. We're still a show with Vilma, ESPN Radio. <laughs>